Hello there, and welcome back to Chew the Clock, a podcast brought to you by Viewpoints. I'm Peter Gibbs, and this episode was recorded on November 1st. Today I have for you the regularly scheduled Riverside City College sports update, a preview for the upcoming basketball season, and a look at professional sports, which includes multiple playoff looks. And with that, let's get on with the show. Let's begin with RCC football. On October 29th, the Tigers took on El Camino and absolutely demolished the Warriors. 45-10 was the final score. The offense totaled six touchdowns, while the defense was able to hold El Camino to one touchdown and one field goal. Specifically for the defense, it had three sacks on the day to go with three interceptions. But my star of the game, is going to be quarterback Jake Retzloff as he threw for over 500 yards and had six passing touchdowns. It's a similar performance from like earlier in the season, if you remember, and it's good to see what Retzloff is doing this late in the season, especially with the playoffs coming up. RCC will be on the road to play Cerritos on November 5th. That game begins at 6 p.m. Next up, I'm going to switch things up a little bit, and I have a brief look at women's volleyball. The team went 1-1 this week and are now officially 6-14. Season is winding down, and this week there will be one game with a November 2 matchup against Cyprus. That game is at home, and it starts at 6 p.m. Now it's time for a water polo update. Both the men and women played Cyprus on October 26th, and the two teams won. The men finished the regular season with a record of 10-19, while the women ended up being 18-7. Now I want to take a look at the leaders for each stat. For the men, Louis Grandi had an incredible season. He led the team in the three major categories with 90 goals, 49 assists, and 60 steals. An incredible performance. He's going to be a tough, tough matchup for opposing teams in the playoffs. As for the women, there was a balanced team effort, which is probably something that you'd love to see, especially because that makes it difficult for opposing teams to kind of hone in on one person. They have to care about everybody and cover the entire team. Amber Nielsen scored 56 goals to lead the team. Lauren Nelson led the team with 37 assists. And Jaden Johnson paced the team with 31 steals. Now let's talk about playoffs. Yes, playoffs for both RCC water polo teams. The Orange Empire Conference Championship will begin November 3rd for the women and November 4th for your men. Your second-seeded women's water polo team will be taking on either Cypress or Orange Coast at 2.20 p.m. on the 3rd. 
As for your fourth seeded men's team, it will be hosting Cyprus at 9 a.m. on November 4th. As you remember from my previous episode, the men needed a win to really get into the playoffs, and not only did they do that, they also moved all the way up to the four seed for their bracket, and on the other side, the women, they just had a really good season overall, and that helped them be the two seed. Cross Country also had their OEC championship race on October 28th. Both the men's and women's teams finished first in the conference. Something that you love to see. Both teams have been really good this year. Last week they had a great race at Fullerton and they carried that momentum this week, or this past week I should say, to the OEC championship. The men had an incredible performance as a team as their top seven finishers were part of the top 10 overall finishers in this race. So if you remember from a previous episode of mine, I mentioned cross-country scoring, and as I said, the top five finishers from your team are the ones that get points, and then the next two kind of are the ones who bump other teams' top five out of the top ten, stuff like that. So the fact that the Tigers men's team had seven runners in the top ten is just, as I said, incredible to see. They were once again led by Gavin Condit, who finished the four-mile race in less than 20 minutes. That means Condit averaged less than five minutes per mile. Meanwhile, the women ran a 5K race, and the recap there is that six Tigers finished in a row to help with the scoring. This one was a little closer in terms of the team competition. The women's team was very close to getting second place in this matchup, but due to those six runners finishing in a row, it really bumped down the opposing team's top five runners, and that helped us get first place. Next up for cross country is the Southern California Championship. That is going to be on November 4th. The race is also being held in Bakersfield. So if you want to go out and support, it's going to be a bit of a drive, but it'll be worth it because these two teams are really, really good this year. This week is the official start for basketball. The men's team will begin the regular season with the We Play Hard tournament. That starts November 3rd and goes until November 5th. Head coach Philip Matthews is really hoping for a conference title after last season ended in a tie. This year's team has a good mix of veterans and fresh faces from all over the state and country as well. Should be an exciting season for the men's basketball team. Make sure you go out and check them out. As for the women's basketball team, it starts the season on November 4th at home against Napa Valley. That game is part of the Title IX tip-off and that tournament, or mini-tournament, as you might want to call it, goes for November 4th and November 5th. The women's team has the reigning Orange Empire Conference Defensive Player of the Year. That is Maya Clark. She's coming back to help with the defensive side of the ball. This year should be a fun one defensively, 
but head coach Alicia Berber is trying to make her 22nd season of coaching a good one on the offensive side and try to be ranked in the state. And now it's time for the professional sports update. The World Series is heading into Game 3 tonight. As you remember, today is November 1st when I'm recording this series. And that's mostly because last night's game that was supposed to be Game 3 was rained out. Philadelphia had some bad weather, and that means Game 3, Game 4, and Game 5 for the next three days. By the time this podcast comes out, there could be potentially a winner. Thursday night will be game five, and at the moment, the series is tied 1-1. The Phillies won game number one, and the Astros ended up being victorious in game number two. So far, I would say the best player of the Fall Classic has been either Kyle Tucker or JT Romuto. Both have been very good. They've been on fire to start the World Series. We'll see how the rest of the series goes for those two players. Lots has happened this past week for football. UCLA and USC both won against Stanford and Arizona, respectively. Both teams are now 7-1 on the year, although USC is the number 9 team in the country, while UCLA is number 10. As for the National Football League, the Chargers actually had their bye week this past week, but the Rams took on the San Francisco 49ers. In that Rams game, it was an unfortunate loss to the 49ers with a final score of 31-14. Really, the story of this game is the halftime adjustments that the 49ers made were just too much for the Rams the Rams weren't able to score in the second half. It's kind of painful to watch as a fan, to be honest with you. Um, but that's just how it's been for the last four or five years. The 49ers have just been really good in the regular season against the Rams. Moving on to basketball and hockey. All four Southern California teams are kind of starting off slow. The Clippers are on a three-game losing streak as of this recording. They are 2-4, and four, and really, it's just few players have been missing games, like Kawhi Leonard, their best player, in my opinion. Uh, he's coming off an, in- an injury, and so they're kind of working him back slowly. But it does mess with some chemistry. You kind of want these players to be playing so you develop a good team bond, and that can help you win games. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes. It should be fine for the Clippers, but a slow start is a little worrisome. Meanwhile, the Lakers finally won their first game, but they are 1-5 on the season. It has not been a good start at all. They've been unable to shoot. Russell Westbrook has not really been that bad, to be honest with you, but he's obviously the scapegoat for how much he gets paid, and it's just... No shooting is around this team, so you look to the stars, and Westbrook is kind of the worst of the stars, and Davis has been injured a little bit. LeBron James is fine, but like I said, the dude doesn't have any shooting, so it'll be an interesting year for the Lakers. As for hockey, 
the Anaheim Ducks are currently 2-6-1. That means they have two wins, six regular time losses, and one overtime loss. That unfortunately puts them in last place in the Pacific Division. It's still early in the season, so there is time to make up a lot of ground. But with the season being 82 games long, and the Ducks already playing nine games. They're about a ninth of the way through the season. So they kind of got to pick it up now if they want a chance to at least compete. Meanwhile, the LA Kings are 5-5-0. Five, five, oh. So five wins, five regular time losses, and zero overtime losses. They've been better as of late. Still not the best start that they would have hoped for, but they did just defeat the Tampa Bay Lightning, as well as the Toronto Maple Leafs. Two big teams, both were in the playoffs last year. And finally, for local sports, the Major League Soccer Final is set. LAFC is taking on Philadelphia Union on November 5th to try and win the MLS Cup. After defeating Austin FC 3-0, LAFC are riding lots of momentum, but will have its biggest challenge of the season because Philadelphia was the second best team in the regular season. You know it, you love it. It's time for the Chew the Clock Legend of the Week. There were plenty of candidates this week, let me tell you. You had Alex Bregman, who was clutch in World Series game number two. Or you had Daniel Ricardo for his performance in the Mexico City Grand Prix for Formula One. But my legend of the week is Ross Chastain from NASCAR. And you'll see why if you look it up. But let me paint a picture for you. It's the final lap of the race. And it's a short course. It's called Martinsville that they were racing at. So it's about a mile long. Chastain is in 10th place. This is the final race before the championship race, and he needs to pass Denny Hamlin to advance into the playoffs. The only issue in this situation is Chastain is in 10th place, and Hamlin is in 5th place. So, uh, doing some math, Chastain has to make up 5 spots if he wants to make it to the final race of the of the regular season, or, well, the playoffs. So what does Chastain do to keep his playoff hopes alive and keep his season with purpose? He rides the wall on the final turn, and he maintains his 100-mile-per-hour speed while passing multiple drivers, including Hamlin, who were going 70 miles per hour, and he, had, and he ended up making it into the playoffs. I, want, I highly recommend everyone listening to go and look up Chastain's finish because it's just so incredible to watch. And also, a little tip, if you find the one with the radios that all the other racers had, their reactions are just priceless to watching this. Um, so for that, Chastain saving his playoff hopes. He is my Chew the Clock Legend of the Week. Unfortunately, now I have to move on to a bit of disturbing news. Um, It seems like every episode I'm bringing up a story from the NBA, and this week is no different. 
Former 12th overall pick, Josh Primo, was released by the San Antonio Spurs last week. And it came out that he exposed himself multiple times to the same woman. So awful to hear. Terrible. Um, I have a huge problem with this also because before people found out why Primo was released, he had made a statement discussing that his mental health was a problem and that he's seeking treatment. Now, I don't. I never want to blame anybody for citing mental health as a reason for poor performance. I feel like that's such a big issue these days, so it should be taken seriously. But I, I do find it a bit annoying that Primo came out before the truth was released and used mental health as his excuse for doing what he did. I find that to be awful and just unacceptable. It's just, it, it's bad to see. It's really bad to see. Um, he's been released from the Spurs. He is officially a free agent, but we shall see if he gets picked up. I'll have an update on this story if it develops. Now back on to some positive note. Uh, the Mexico Grand Prix was this past weekend for Formula One. Max Verstappen, he's done it again. He won his 14th race of the season. He started on the pole, so he started the race from first. And that is a new record for winning the race. I mean, 14 races had never been done. The previous record was 13 in a season. And the best part is Verstappen still has two races left. If he wins those, he'll have 16 wins, which even though Formula One is expanding its season to have even more races next year, it would just be a tall task to try and beat Verstappen's record. You'd pretty much have to win three out of every four races to pass his mark. Another part from that race I do want to highlight, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, he of the McLaren team, was the driver of the day because he moved up from 12th place and he moved up five positions to finish seventh, which in Formula One is pretty hard to do. There are some techniques that you can use and he pretty much used those. Uh, He was on the faster tire compound um, and then he was also just really good down the straightaways that are at Mexico City. So for that reason, I mean, I got to highlight Daniel Ricciardo. He's had a bit of a poor season in Formula One, but it's good to see, especially with the season winding down, to see if he can keep his career going. He's a bit of an older racer, so we'll see what happens for next year with him. One of the big reasons for recording on today, which is Tuesday, November 1st, was the NFL had its trade deadline today. And it is currently past the trade deadline as I'm recording. So here are some of the huge trades that went down today and leading up to the deadline. Christian McCaffrey was traded from the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers. But today, here were the big trades. Bradley Chubb, former first round pick from the Broncos, is going to the Miami Dolphins. It's a great trade for the Dolphins. They needed some pass rush help. He should fit in nicely there. One interesting trade that happened today 
was Calvin Ridley was traded from the Atlanta Falcons to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, you might be wondering why is that so interesting? It's because Calvin Ridley has been suspended all season long, and he has a season-long suspension for gambling. Now, that's kind of weird that he was suspended for the entire season for gambling, considering there are other deeds that are punished less, that are much worse, but I digress. TJ Hawkinson, the star tight end from the Detroit Lions, was actually traded in the same division to the Minnesota Vikings. That's an interesting one. Minnesota gets a great tight end to help with their already prolific offense. And then a couple other ones. You had Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh Steelers going to the Chicago Bears. The Bears have Justin Fields, the former first-round pick, and he kind of needs another weapon, so it's a good trade for the Bears. And then finally, a couple minor trades. A few running backs were traded. You had Buffalo Bills picking up Naheem Hines from the Indianapolis Colts. Jeff Wilson of the 49ers went to the Miami Dolphins. And James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars went to the New York Jets. Those are the big names. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But some of the top teams really went out and they got some help. And it should make the rest of the season a fun one to see how those guys mesh with their new teams and how they help make a good run at the playoffs. And that's going to be the end for this episode of Chew the Clock. As always, make sure to follow RCC Viewpoints on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, make sure to check out our website at viewpointsonline.org or pick up our school newspaper around campus. Until next time, this has been Peter Gibbs saying so long for now.